0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Hello and happy Friday. Welcome to the Tracy Sandler show brought to you by Fevo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. And as you guys know, Fridays tend to be, especially right now, because we are very much in the football offseason for the San Francisco 49ers Fridays tend to be all about my favorite Los Angeles Dodgers and to talk about them with me the trials and tribulations of our love hate relationship with our boys in blue is thinking blues Blake Harris Blake welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. uh, Excited to finally be here. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that, uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about because it's been a pretty hectic couple of weeks, a lot of bad, but there's some good that's been sprinkled in.
0: There definitely is some good. So let's we'll start with the good. The last two days of this this week, the Dodgers were off on Thursday. But Tuesday and Wednesday was the much anticipated, though not really because the Angels are not great, but much anticipated (laughs) freeway series of which the Dodgers swept the Angels. Uh, And also, it was really the Dodgers' two current aces on this pitching staff, Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson, both with incredible performances. Tyler Anderson took a no-hitter into the ninth, got the first out, then Otani hits a triple. I mean, come on, Otani! You couldn't give the guy the no-hitter at this point. Come on. But he hits a triple. Uh, Anderson comes out of the game to tremendous applause, a standing ovation. I was there. It was really incredible. But these have been your aces. Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin. Tony Gonsolin has the lead league lowest ERA. And I don't know if when the season started, we felt that these were going to be the two aces on this pitching staff. But right now, if it were for this team, for those two, this team would be in really big trouble.
1: Yeah, before the season began, I did like a predictions article where I pretty much just went over all of like my hot takes for the Dodgers this season. And one of my hot takes was the Dodgers were going to have three pitchers finish inside the top 10 in Cy Young voting. Now, I didn't want to just go out and say, you know, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler and Julio Urias because I thought eh, maybe someone just sneaks their way in there. I was not expecting uh, Tyler Anderson and Tony (laughs) Gonsolin at this rate, most likely being at least two of the spots uh, being inside the top 10. I mean, again, who would have thought, you know, if you would have said back in March, Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, they'd be 16 and 0 with like a combined ERA of two. Uh, I would have said, yeah, let me have some of your crazy pills because I don't believe that. I mean, they have both been phenomenal this season I mean Tony Gonsolin he's been fantastic every outing he's had I think Tyler Anderson with the exception of that one a few weeks ago against the Phillies where even then he still was able to give the Dodgers I think six innings but mm-hmm. if you were to take out that that one outing I think he allowed seven runs his numbers would be you know probably flirting with a two ERA and his numbers would look a lot better so still being eight zero with an ERA of about 2.8 not too bad and it's a good thing. The Dodgers have had those two guys because without them, even if they're half of what they've been, the Dodgers are likely a few games in second place, maybe even in third place, because those are 16 crucial wins. They've been able to give the Dodgers. And um, again, it's still early on in the season. We're not necessarily at the halfway point. but those two guys, I'll give Tony Gonsolin the slight edge of being the more valuable pitcher. But considering that Anderson wasn't even in the rotation to begin the season, I mean, he he's really done a phenomenal job. And again, those two guys, they're like the way two early uh mvps for the dodgers this season
0: i mean i hope it i hope it stays that way because if they <laughs> could can, can continue this i mean i'm looking now way into the future and, and we have miles to go before we get there but i'm looking at an october best of seven series with the mets and the dodgers would need walker bueller to be healthy and the Walker Bueller of old, they would need Urias to be the Urias of old. You need Clayton Kershaw and you need these two guys. Uh, They also have a number of bullpen issues and they'll probably make a move at the trade deadline, but I'm, I'm very much digressing and jumping ahead because you actually tweeted last week, I think on Sunday, all the things going on with the Dodgers pitching staff, who's been injured, who's been out the bullpen ERA. And I, I'd given up uh, gluten, sugar, and alcohol for a couple weeks. And I put it in my Instagram story. And I said, I think I gave up, I get picked the wrong couple weeks to not drink. Uh, but it's, it's been, <laughs> and, and people thought that, you know what, people thought that was funny. And I consider that a team effort. It was your tweet, my funny joke. And there we go. We had a team effort going right. there. But it. it's been, it's been rough. It's definitely been rough. Take all the injuries aside. Let's start by looking at a bull, at the bullpen, which has struggled. And, of course, Blake in right now is injured, and that is a huge, huge loss for this team. Craig Kimbrell, it's an adventure every time he gets on the mound. Usually the adventure ends well, but not always, especially in the last week. And everyone is just struggling. You have Bruce Dark Gratterall, who, granted, he throws really fast and really hard, and sometimes, most of the time it works, and sometimes it does not. But just going through that bullpen, it is rough. And when I say it's an adventure for Kimbrel, it's an adventure for them all. And I had a theory before the season started. Well, maybe if you're scoring 12 runs a game, it doesn't matter. That theory was wrong. And also this offense is not consistently scoring that many runs a game.
1: Yeah, with Kimberl, it's like going on one of those like really, really old and wooden roller coasters that have been around <laughs> since the early 1900s, where it is an absolutely brutal two minutes. You get completely roughed up, but the right ends and you're able to get off. OK, that's what it's been like with him so far. He, you know, he's able to get through it, but it's, you know, a shaky experience. Yeah, it's it's been weird with the bullpen because after the first month, month and a half, they were like historically good I mean the numbers mm-hmm. were actually insane and we're all going wow you know we were all kind of worried about the bullpen we had nothing to be worried about because they're all really good and ever since then I don't know when exactly you know the decline started but mm-hmm. it, it's been a, a really rough stretch I mean really the only names that have kind of gotten through this okay are like Evan Phillips and Yency Almonte who were two guys I don't think anyone predicted being you know, impact arms for the Dodgers, especially Amande, um, at this point in the season. Daniel Hudson, he's been better as of late, but he had kind of a few rough stretches. But yeah, it seems like everyone for the most part has been underwhelming. Craig Kimbrell has been underwhelming. Gratterall has showed, you know, some flashes, but he had a really rough stretch and he's been kind of getting lit up this year. Vestia has been kind of disappointing this season. I know Bigford's been going to and from the minors, but he's kind of been underwhelming in his performances. So overall, I know you mentioned, you know, losing Blake Trinan. that's massive, But it just seems like for some reason, there hasn't been one or two guys that can be consistent go-to options. Aside from the two I mentioned, now granted, again, it's still early. All it takes is one or two bad outings to really make your numbers look bad if you're a reliever. But yeah, over the course of the last month or six weeks or however long it's been, it just seems like no lead is necessarily safe and you're not as confident as you were in them uh, as you were back in April and early May.
0: Well, and I I can't pick a date where it started to decline, but the way I see it is as the starters started to get hurt and the starters also started to get roughed up and the, a lot more pressure was put on the bullpen because now all of a sudden they're coming in, in the fifth, they're coming in the sixth, they're not coming in for the seventh, eighth and ninth. And I think that is a little bit, you have Walker Bueller is a guy that historically could go deep into a game. And he certainly, he had his game this year that he had a, he had a complete game and it, it was an incredible performance, but then clearly something was wrong before he went on the il like the, he wasn't the same guy that he was and so hopefully being on the il will will get him back in in shape and get him healed in time for that you know september October push, but I think that's a little bit of it is that these guys have had to work maybe way more than they've been used to, because this was a pitching staff that could go really deep and save Anderson and Gonsolin. That hasn't really been the case over the last several weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you hit it perfectly. I mean, you lose Heaney for a couple months, Kershaw's out for a month, you know, Walker Bueller now is not on the IL. And so they, they're starting pitching has been taking hits, which again, when you're having to have guys like Mitch White step in and some of these other names that have been getting spot starts like Ryan Pepio, you know, they're not built to go more than four or five innings. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden now, when you're tasked of having the bullpen go five or six innings consistently, not to mention that, you know, insane, like 31 game and 30 day stretch, which right personally, even I was just watching these games and I was kind of getting tired near the end. So I can't imagine, you know, how these guys are doing. And with Walker Buehler, you know, you never want to, you know, kind of look for a silver lining with an injury, but he hasn't looked himself the last few starts. So maybe this has been something that's been lingering, something that's been nagging him. And hopefully by cleaning this up, hopefully by him getting it fixed and send the next couple months out, hopefully by the time he recovers around end of August, early September, whenever that is, Hopefully he's good to go. And again, I'd rather get this out of the way now when you can afford it uh, in the middle of the season as opposed to August or September and his arm just can't go anymore and then you lose him for October. So if there is a silver lining in regards to at least Walker Bueller, I'm hoping that this is it. And again, when he comes back in September, he's as good as new and he looks like the Walker Bueller of old.
0: We will we will definitely hope for the best on that because that, he definitely had not <laughs> been himself. So, and then, you know, you've got Kershaw who was injured kind of early in the season, which I think we, we probably could have predicted based on where he's at in his career, based on the injury last year, that he probably wasn't going to make it through the whole season healthy. So if, if it kind of, to your point on Walker Bueller, if it was early in the season and, and he got what he needed and now, you know, they're slowly, but surely building him back up. I mean, I think Kershaw's a guy, they're really not going to want to be going seven or eight innings every start. Cause I don't think they can afford it for him. And that was kind of the thing with Tyler Anderson Wednesday night. It was like, he's at 117 pitches. They're going the ninth. You want to see him get the, you want to see him get the no hitter, but also like they need that arm. They need a a good Tyler Anderson and and to what expense. And that was of course the thing very, very early on in the season with Kershaw and the perfect game situation. So it is, I'm glad I'm not Dave Roberts. I'm really glad that I get to just talk about it and get to criticize, even though I've kind of, you know, have to say I've kind of backed off on that. There was a time where I was a lot more critical of Dave Roberts, but as I kind of big picture, look at everything he's dealt with over the years, I do think he is one of the absolute best managers in baseball. I think managers have to make decisions that don't, that fans don't love on the night, but that affect the rest of the season. And they have to look a lot more big pitch, picture in 2017 i didn't realize the astros were cheating so there was that so there's like a lot of things there but i have to say this is just my little dave roberts plug i I do think he's rather incredible and i'm glad i don't have to make the decisions he has to make on a nightly basis our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all of the latest odds news and sports development including this year's basketball championship finals the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts.
1: Yeah, I mean over time I've been like, man, I I think I can manage a baseball game. That seems easy. But when you just, you know, take a deep look into all the things that go into it, I mean, you essentially have to be thinking two, three innings ahead at all times. And, you know, sometimes you do have to make the tough decisions. You got to, you know, risk injury. You got to, you know, just get a feel for what's going on. But yeah, I'm watching the game last night and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm really hoping uh, Tyler Anderson gets a no hitter. But then I'm also thinking, I don't know. I mean, he's getting up there when he was like at 110, 115 pitches. I'm kind of like, okay, Dave, I've given you a lot of grief in the past, but uh, I wouldn't be too upset if you were to come out of the dugout right now, because the last thing we need is for Tyler Anderson's arm to just go out. And apparently he said he was okay. And he's dealt with a bunch of stuff like this in the past and he'll be good to go. But yeah, props to Dave for, uh, you know, sticking to his guns, letting him finish it because I know he's not a popular guy when it comes to uh, pulling guys. But at the end of the day, I mean, Dave Roberts probably wants to see a pitcher, you know, finish a game more than anyone outside of that pitcher. But he takes into account the health. So uh, I love that Dave's able to put, you know, the pitcher's health before, you know, a, a cool moment. But uh, I do appreciate the last night in shocking fashion that we've never seen from Dave. He mm-hmm. yeah, actually let him finish it off. But again, major props to Dave. And yeah, it's it's a hard job. And like you said, I am glad that I do not have to worry about the pressure of uh, doing all the things that he does.
0: I liked Dave's quote that I, that he said, I have this reputation as kind of a grim reaper, but I'm a sports fan too.
1: (laughs) I love when Dave is self-aware of I know, I know last year he said something along the lines of like, he has a burner Twitter account, which I know he was joking, but I do, I do deep down think he may have been serious where he does read all the stuff that's said about him. And yeah, the fact that he was, you know, so fun about it last night, he's like, yeah, I I know I'm a, I'm a grim reaper, but I do love baseball as well. (laughs) I, I, I loved hearing that from him.
0: So yeah, it, it was it was absolutely awesome, and I think the other thing that comes into account for a manager, uh, and then we can move move into the hitting before my get I'll just get my next deep thought out, is not only physically taking care of his players, but mentally taking care of his players. And if he's got a guy struggling, and he gives up on him really quick or really fast you know, that mentally affects him and he needs that guy to be at his A game and be confident through October, hopefully. So there's that to manage as well. It's not so easy. It's definitely not so easy. I love to question him on Twitter, but I know that it's not so easy and I would do not even close to as good a job.
1: Yeah, and that's the reason why you know a lot of people consider him one of the best best managers in baseball is because he's such a player's coach. I mean, I don't know if you were to you know take all thirty managers and rank them, but if you did, I feel like Dave Roberts would probably be number one on that list when it comes to relationships communication with his players. I mean, he truly does, you know, put the player first in regards to whether it's a starting pitcher, a hitter, you know, someone out of the bullpen, he he's really good with that. And again, that's one of the more underrated things with Dave Robertson. And that's the reason I think the Dodgers are able to do as well as they do, because we've seen it, you know, in years past with different teams, if there's a disconnect between players and the manager, things can uh, go wrong. It's, we're seeing it go wrong, uh, you know, down the freeway in orange County, And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was some stuff going on between the players and the manager. There was a disconnect and look what happened. So, yeah, I know know we all like to trash on Dave Roberts. I've done my fair share, you know, criticizing him for a number Mm -hmm. of things. But you have to respect, you know, again, the relationships he has with all of these players. And he's truly one of the best guys, you know, when it comes to uh, baseball managers. So. Love Dave, love him for all he's done. But as I say this now, I'm sure a week for, week or two from now, he'll do something that's gonna upset me. But I'll have to refrain myself from it. I'll remind you of this moment.
0: Right. <laughs> <I'll just remind laughs> Please you on, do remind you on Twitter. So I want to talk about hitting and actually kind of a little bit on what we were just talking about by with Dave Roberts and the mental part of it, and and I think that does lead well into Cody Bellinger. But because it's Friday and we do Cody Corner on Fridays, we're gonna save Cody for the end of the podcast. Uh, but you guys know that that's hard for me because no one loves belly like I do. But that being said, I want to talk about the hitting. You have this tremendous Dodgers lineup. You have, it goes Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, Gavin Lux. You have this tremendous, tremendous lineup. And it is funny to me, they can be so hot and so cold. And the other thing that is interesting is they talk about teamwork it feels, and maybe I'm wrong on this because I would love to get your opinion, it does feel like they all go cold, they all go hot, save one or two batters. Trey Turner has been absolutely incredible this entire entire season at the plate. Obviously, Mookie Betts has had some tremendously hot stretches, but struggling a little bit, had his home run the other night, but you know, struggling a little bit right now. They do seem to go hot and cold together. I wish they could space that out a little better like maybe this is your week to slump and this is my week to do well and again this may be the fan in me who's like looking at it this way but do you notice that as well
1: yeah i i definitely have i mean it seems like all season at, at one given time there's maybe two players maybe three at most that are like currently in a hot stretch but it seems like There's a good two to three, you know, two thirds of the lineup that's in a slump at any given time. Like you mentioned, Trey Turner has been kind of like the lone player that throughout the entire season, he's been pretty good. I guess maybe Gavin Lux as well. He's just kind of been flying under the radar, but it seems like with every player, like you mentioned, Mookie Betts, he got off to a really slow April, then had an insane May. Now he's having a really quiet June. Freddie Freeman kind of started off, you know, really, really hot, but ever since then kind of been cooling down. Uh, you know, Max Muncie, Justin Turner, Will Smith, they've had their stretches where they've looked really good for a couple of games. And for the most part, they've been really bad. And it seems like that's just been a consistent theme with the offense. We'll see one game, you know, every week or so where they score 10 plus runs. They have that one inning where they score five to seven runs. And it kind of impacts the week's numbers just a tad because it doesn't seem like the Dodgers are consistently scoring five to six runs now we don't need them to score 10 runs every game personally i would absolutely love that if they were to score that many (laughs) per game but like i I don't need 10 runs a game but i need them to consistently score like i said five six seven runs and it seems like every time they scored 10 plus the next game's followed up with two and then the next game is three then the next game was one it just seems like they haven't gotten into that flow yet this season which is really kind of odd considering aside from max muncie going on the il which I think was maybe just kind of a phantom injury just to give him a couple weeks off. Knock on wood, the Dodgers lineup has been healthy the entire year. It's not like last season when they had half the lineup out and you had Billy McKinney and Luke Rayleigh and Sheldon Noisy getting at bats. Everyone's Oof. been there in the lineup. Yeah, I know. It's 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 a dark time to look down that path.
0: Every time but- I hear the word Sheldon Noisy, I just, or the, the name, I, and I, I'm sorry, Sheldon, but he probably doesn't listen to this podcast. But all I can think about is... Reach a little bit farther oh, that still game too soon. is over. Oh, still too soon. <laughs> a little bit farther. A too soon. <laughs> it just breaks my
1: heart. Oh, yeah, no, I I still haven't gotten over that. But yeah, I I just don't understand why you know the offense has been so bad. And again, it's tough because you look at the numbers and it's like number one in runs, number one hitting with runners and scoring position. Um, you know, they're at the top in all not over snaps. the
0: weekend.
1: Yeah, not over or not yet, yeah, not over the last couple, you know, two or three weeks, but <laughs> It's just amazing how, again, the numbers say they're doing such a good job, but it just doesn't feel like that. Like, if you were to tell me, yeah, the Dodgers lead MLB in runs, I'd be like, are are you serious? but it's because they've had those, you know, blow up starts where like a month or two ago, I think they scored like, you know, 15, 16 runs had like 25 hits. So that's why I don't really like to look at run differential because it's not a good, you know, sample size of what they've been doing over the course of a full season. But yeah, it's, it's tough to say that the greatest lineup ever assembled has been underwhelming when a lot of guys have been, you know, having such good seasons. But I, I, I think aside from Mookie Betts, Trey Turner and Gavin Lux, Everyone's been underwhelming in my eyes. Even Freddie Freeman, I, I think just slightly, he hasn't quite met met my expectations so far. But that's the beauty of baseball. You know, we're only 65, 70 games into the season. There's still like 90 left. So by the end of the year, they could all be hitting above 300 with 25 homers. And this is going to go on all uh, takes exposed.
0: Well, it, then that would be great, especially if they could take that into <laughs> the postseason. I think what concerns me a little bit, there's a couple of things. I'm going to go back to Sunday Rias. He gives up two runs. This lineup should be able to score more than two runs. And I also feel like if your pitching staff gives up two runs, that's on the offense. If they lose that game, like you, you know, that's, you can't blame the pitcher. What more can you ask really of a pitcher? So, and I think that game did end up being two, nothing, correct?
1: Yeah, it was two nothing.
0: So there, you know, I think that's like on the set, which by the way, this offense seems to hate poor Julio Rias, who, I mean, they just do not want to score runs for this guy. And maybe that will change over the course of the season as well. But I think what just concerns me slightly, and I don't, I don't want to be the grim reaper here, but when you look at what happened to them in the playoffs last season, and you know, you look at that NLCS game six, where you have the bases loaded with nobody out Mookie bets up, you know, you've like this the top of the order up and they can't bring anybody home, you know, that's the stuff you don't want to carry into the regular season. And I know we're early and I'm probably overreacting, but this running and scoring runners, a scoring runners in scoring position struggles (laughs) over, like say it's like a tongue twister struggles over the last few weeks. You just, you hope that they can figure out a way to correct that because come October, that has very much been an Achilles heel for this team over the years. I mean, I think I remember making jokes last season uh, and maybe even early this season that they've left all these running runners on base and they seem to be in postseason form but it's really not funny when they lose in the postseason. And so right. uh, you know it, it's just something that with this incredible lineup you hope they work it out. It is early, it's June, like you, like you said they could all end up batting over 300 double digits home runs and and win the world series and favored to win the world series. And honestly, this team should win the world series. I do think they're going to have to make a move at the trade deadline for a pitcher again. Uh, But they're, you know, that's just kind of the reality of the situation that they're in right now, which is fine, but you hope that this team kind of does get it together and, and gets everybody hot. You did bring up Gavin Lux, who really, I think under the radar has been pretty incredible at the plate. However, can we do some like defensive drills work with Gavin Lux? What is happening? Right. The the <laughs> defense I, situation. Man. And I feel like every game there's one, sometimes it makes a difference. Sometimes it doesn't, but my goodness, Gavin fundamentals, my friend.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so tough because, you know, you really want to root for the guy, but he has these plays. And again, it, it's not just like, you know, he's making a diving play. Isn't not able to finish it he makes these plays, whether it's just like a routine hop, he can't field. We've seen him have some really bad throws in the past. I know that, you know, he's been kind of all over the place defensively coming up through the minors. And, you know, in recent years, they've asked him to play shortstop, second base, left Mm -hmm. field. But, you know, some of these plays he makes, you go, man, I, I feel like I could have made it out there. And he makes it look so bad. Then, of course, he goes on to have like a 10, 15 game stretch where he makes every play. But yeah, some of his defensive woos have just, I, I can't remember, I know there was one about a month ago where it essentially cost the Dodgers like five runs. Ultimately, I think they came back and won that game. Because so of him,
0: didn't... by the way. Because yeah. he actually, in the bottom of the inning,
1: he, he won yeah. it for
0: them, so he did make up for it. That being said, they didn't need to be in that position.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it again, he's had a lot of bad plays, but then again, I, I think it's just with certain players. It was kind of like with Cordy Seager last year you just kind of took note every time he made an error just because it always seems so egregious. And it just seemed like it happened, It happened often where, you know, I couldn't tell you how many errors Trey Turner's made this year, how many errors Muncy or Justin Turner or Freddie Freeman have made this year. But I can, it seems like I've seen more from Gavin Lux, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's like at the bottom of the list when it comes to errors among those players. It just seems more noticeable whenever he makes one, because again, it's just like such an easy play. He makes these insanely difficult plays. I think during Kershaw's perfect game in Minnesota, he made, he made like an insane defensive play to you know protect the perfect game, but then it's like, nah, you can't make a routine play. So he has his struggles. Um, I'll, I'll give him the pass just because he has been one of the consistent bats so far, you know, this season, but I do worry, you know, come October, is he going to make, you know, just one slight error that can affect the Dodgers and, you know, cost them the game. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, defensively, I do kind of hold my breath every now and then when a ball is hit in his direction.
0: And the other night he almost took out both him and Cody Bellinger on a play that really should have, that was awful. And that was a play that he definitely should have let, Bellinger have. And that's not even my bias. Like, he really just should have let Bellinger have that play. And as Bellinger went sliding to avoid him, I was like, oh my God. Oh. But luckily they survived. But I mean, he almost took both of them out in what could have been a really bad injury for both of them. And that's the stuff that I would find more concerning, even than the routine plays. But I I, I assume that the Dodgers noticed that as well. and <laughs> They're on top of it. And it's not just you and I talking about it, but that right. there are some. Breath holding moments. And I just, and I also feel for him because it feels like every time he makes one, then the camera stays on him a little bit longer. You can like see it in his face where he like knows the camera's on him. He has like
1: the saddest face (laughs) whenever he's upset. I don't know what it is about him, but he always looks so sad whenever he messes up. And I'm like, okay, yeah, stop showing him. I feel really bad. I'm sorry, Gavin. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's going to be okay. Please stop looking so sad. It's true though. And he
0: knows, it's like when you're a player, you know that the, when you mess up, you know that camera's on you. That's just when you do something great and when you do something really bad, it's just the nature of the game. And you could tell that he knows that everyone's watching me right now and I'm sad. Uh, But you know, one way to fix that, my friend, fundamentals which i'm sure he's working on it's real again real easy for me to right. say with a microphone at my computer because let me tell you those plays where you think you could have done better i know for a fact i could not have done better that being said i'm not being paid to be out there no one that's wants true. me out there playing second base trust me nobody if, if that's like a couple
1: six, of million to try it
0: i would be happy to do that but it i think it ends poorly for everyone except my bank right. account but right. um, yeah, I would take like, I would take less than that to try it. <laughs> if they want to put I'll me think out a the couple other. hundred thousand, yeah, exactly. Just to give it a shot. Why not I'd be all in on that? That'd be fun. Uh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm going to have this bring us to Cody corner because Cody corner is usually a very fun, positive place. And it's still going to be a very fun, positive place right now. So what I'm about to say, I say with love and with only wanting the best for belly. But do you think they should send him down to the minors for a few weeks?
1: That's, that's the tough thing because you got to look at both sides yes. offensively. I mean, he, he has, again, he has these games where he looks like the belly of old, but especially these last couple games. It's almost as if someone's like saying, hey man, here's a $10,000 if you strike out on this at bat no matter what. Because the way he strikes out, he's not swinging at pitches that are right down the plate. He's like swinging at balls that are a couple feet outside the box. Again, it's like he's being told, hey, you got to swing here or else. And he has these at bats and it's just detrimental to the Dodgers lineup. Especially, you know, he's coming up in a lot of opportunities with runners on base and he's just costing them. But the tough thing is, his defense is just so valuable. He's so good out there. I mean, he has a warp above one, which is unbelievable considering his, you know, offensive numbers are so bad. at defensively, he just adds so much. So, I, I don't think you can send him down because he is so valuable out there. We did, we have seen in brief um, outings this year when he hasn't been in center field. I think it's been it was like Chris Taylor that was out there. Chris Taylor's not able to make the plays that Cody Bellinger is able to make routines. So true. I don't think you got to send him down, but I personally wouldn't mind him sliding down to maybe the ninth spot in the lineup. I know that, you know, Dave Roberts hits Gavin Lux there because it's essentially having like a second leadoff man. Personally, I want to have all my better hitters hitting as high as possible. I don't want, you know, my third best hitter hitting ninth in the lineup. I prefer to have them hitting sixth or seventh and have my true worst hitter hitting ninth. So I maybe I get the strategy, but. I think just because of his defense, the fact that again, it is so valuable. He makes so many routine plays that I think would not be routine for a lot of center fielders. That's true. And it seems like for the most part this year, there hasn't been any play aside from that one Gavin Lux one where I was like, okay, Cody, you should have called them off. That should have been yours. I don't remember ever really being upset this year of like, Cody, what are you doing there in the outfield? Because he's so good. And at this rate, we've seen it in years past with the Dodgers step in the minors. If you're sending him down, I don't really know necessarily anyone you're going to be able to call up that might be better. Maybe like a Michael Bush or a Miguel Vargas, who are some of the top prospects. But you know, are they going to be that much of an upgrade? Where I'm okay with it, but yeah, if I were the manager, if I was Dave, I, I'd say, hey, Cody, uh, sorry, bud, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna have you hit ninth uh, moving forward. So that's just me. But I, I just like you, I I still love me Cody. Oh
0: my, I I, I love him. That's my guy. You've never <laughs> seen anyone get so excited over anything like a double or a last night, the single, I mean, you would have thought he hit a game winning <laughs> home run in the bottom of the ninth, of the same set for the world series. Like I'm so on the Cody trade. And I do agree with you. And I actually don't know in Cody's case of mentally it, and it helps him. I think with, with Cody mentally, that could really hurt him, you know, moving him to ninth in the lineup is not a bad idea because he could get his confidence back. He said, he could be really hot. I mean, you still would have your former MVP hitting ninth in the lineup which would be incredible. The thing with him that's so interesting too is, you know, when you look at the playoffs last year, he was the hero. I mean, he he yeah. in five of that NLDS, and that they needed him. Playoff belly is you know is the hero, and you know that he always has it in him. It, it, it's I'm glad you brought up the strikeouts because I felt for a while there that he actually was walking a lot because he was so patient at the plate. And so maybe his batting average wasn't going up, but it wasn't really going down because he was walking a lot and he was laying off a lot of bad pitches recently. It feels like he hasn't been. And that probably is frustration and, you know, wanting to, to hit the big swing, but you know, maybe it's, maybe we all just have to accept and I'm okay with this. that like Cody is an incredible defensive player who is going to be hitting above 200, maybe not much but can come in in the clutch. And like, we just accept that about him.
1: And yeah, I mean, it's, you, you just, unfortunately just got to wipe away what happened a couple years ago, pretend like it never happened. Cause that's the thing too. If if that never happened, let's say this is his second season and it's like, okay, this is a guy that is going to hit about league average just around there, but he's going to provide you gold glove defense. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be more than okay with that. Same thing with like Gavin Lux, for example, Mm -hmm. he was the number one prospect in all of baseball. So everyone, you know, myself included, was expecting him to be an MVP kind of guy, an all-star kind of guy. He's not going to reach that level. But he's an above league average hitter, You know, has his defensive issues. But if that's your number nine hitter, you'll take that 10 out of 10 times. But it, it makes you think Gavin Lux is kind of a bust because he's not meeting expectations. And that's what it kind of feels like with Cody. A lot of people are still expecting him to replicate what he did back in 2019. And again, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. And again, if, if you can just accept that he's going to be a league average hitter, if he can be a slightly above league average hitter, then I, I think that's going to be... Fantastic for the Dodgers. So I know right now, again, his average is just above 200. I think his OPS plus is 82. That's what they said on the broadcast last night. I know the league average is 100. So if he can just get that to 105, 110, not like the 190, whatever it was back mm-hmm. in 2019, the Dodgers will take that. And personally, I, I'd be more than okay with that as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think that will be fine. And also, he is clutch in the playoffs. I mean, he really is. There he is. is. And that he is. Is, is important. And he does seem to know you know, how to, how to get that done. So I think there's something to be said for that. And he was clutch multiple pl- times in, in 2021. So I'm, I'm willing to accept that I am constantly defending Cody Bellinger, like all the time. Uh, my, my dad, it's very funny. Like I, I always say there's to be no Cody slander. And he was golfing with a friend <laughs> last year who said like, what's happy to Cody Bellinger. My dad said, um, Tracy says, There's to be no Cody Slander. And my dad's friend was like, Tracy isn't here. And he said, I honestly can't take the chance that she hears about this. So there's just, we're not, we can't (laughs) talk about it. (laughs) And that's- Good call. Yeah, it's really, and and I appreciate that. That's That's really how I feel. Well, like this has been awesome. I'm glad we got to talk. Some Dodgers, not just on Twitter. This is fun. You'll have to come back as the season goes on and hopefully, hopefully well into October.
1: Hopefully, yeah, not knock kind on of with a three able to play uh, play deep into October. Not for just Thursday, but for uh, my well-being, for everyone's well-being, because uh, we're spoiled. But when it comes to October baseball and the Dodgers, uh, it, it's it's like a different gear. It's a different level of stress than uh, any other time that we can go through. But yeah, no, I, I appreciate you having me on. This was a blast. Hopefully, next uh, your next edition of uh, your Cody Talk is a little more positive. Not a whole lot of great things, but uh, I believe in him. I believe that he'll have some great moments. And if not, like you said, come October he'll provide some uh, sparking moments but uh once again thanks again for having me on this was a blast
0: absolutely and please tell everyone where they can find you
1: you guys can find me on twitter at blake harris tbla you guys can also find me at blake you guys can uh, read all my daily articles all over there but mostly find me on twitter because i'm there every day and it's a whole lot of fun that's where tracy and i always are interacting so if you're on twitter which if you're not, you need to get on Twitter, but that's, that's the best <laughs> place that uh, you guys can find me.
0: Fantastic. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Fivo. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody later. Bye, all.